Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mike and Amit Talk Tech. Today, we're actually going to talk about something that at first glance may not seem like a good fit for tech. We're going to talk about sustainability. Now, we're sitting here, in Mike and I, in Europe, which has by some distance had had the warmest winter on record. But at the same time, what Mike and I typically do is we talk tech. So what does this have to do with anything? So Mike, Mike and Amit talk tech. Mike and Amit don't talk sustainability. But why are Mike and Amit talking about sustainability on what is supposed to be a tech podcast? What's going on here? I think we're talking about it because it's just so dominant in the discourse of today. You know, if you think about the last 10 years, you know, I think the last 10 years have been dominated by two megatrends. And, and these megatrends have been dominating both our personal and professional lives. And those megatrends are our digitization, which is our core topic, right? The tech and sustainability, right? And interestingly enough, there's been surprisingly few intersections between these two worlds. Why? Because, well, you know, tech is about bits and bytes, you know, it tends to be quite digital, but sustainability on the other hand is very physical. It's about stuff, you know, reducing packaging and greenhouse gas emissions. I mean, all, all kinds of like real stuff, tangible stuff. So there's tangible versus intangible. So they'd be kind of existing in a bit of a parallel world, but I think that's starting to change. So we're starting to see a lot more intersections between these two worlds, and that creates all kinds of interesting possibilities. Now, I will say that, you know, when we talk about sustainability, it's even though the focus is often only on the environmental side, I think you could take a broader view of sustainability to include, you know, social inclusion issues around responsible use of technologies and, and other assets, you know, so there's the environmental side, but I think there's also the social, the economic and the technical side as well that we can talk about. It's interesting, Mike. And like, again, once you see it, once you start looking at it that way, once you expand your mind from just the, uh, save the pandas or something like that, and look at it more as a global thing, there seems to be a slightly more obvious link, but first let's get this question out of the way, right? The big tech companies themselves, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world, how are they doing on sustainability? How is their own track record? And I ask this for the simple reason that I, I remember reading that, you know, a lot of these tech companies, they may seem nice and green and beautiful from the outside. They are actually pretty large emitters of carbon, mainly through their data centers and maybe through the running of uh, their systems. That's right. Yes. I mean, they, they talk a good talk. Uh, about this, but they're actually massive producers of, of greenhouse gases, right? Mainly through their use of power and creation of heat. So, I mean, they're all talking about it. They're all making moves, but not necessarily where it really, really matters. So yeah, the tech ecosystem, the tech world has a lot to answer for in and of itself, right? There's some data suggesting that technologies account for about 6% of global greenhouse gas emissions today, uh, which is pretty significant. You know, it's a big proportion, but there's also, and I think this is where it gets interesting, data suggesting that those technologies could in fact reduce the overall production of greenhouse gas emissions by 20%. So there's a net up to 14% benefit if these digital technology used in the, in the appropriate way. Can you give an example of how something like this could happen? Uh, maybe in the context of Google or Facebook or something like that? 
Yeah, you know, there's there's a number of ways this can happen. The first way that it can happen is that digital tools and technologies can just provide transparency and visibility, right? I mean, right now, many of us, we don't know about, you know, the impact that we have on the environment because it's not being measured. We don't have the data. Many people, including me and you probably as well, have a smart meter in your house, right? So that's a smart meter, but it's not smart for you. I mean, it's not giving you very much information. Maybe it's giving the the power company, all kinds of data about how are you using power. But what I would like is if I could have a sensor that could tell me how much power I'm using my laptop with my TV, if I open the fridge, if I charge my phone, but maybe not even the amount of power in some kind of a metric that makes sense to me, which is like, okay, charging my phone, this is how much carbon that releases into the atmosphere, right? And then armed with that information, then at least I can make an informed decision. Because I think today we don't have that data and digital technology can give us that data. Once we have that data, then we can make a decision, use analytics, optimize our usage so that we minimize the negative outcomes. No, and that that makes complete sense, right? I mean, I agree with you, right? The, the tech companies especially, it's... Uh... It's a little bit of a balance because on the one hand, you're right, these things are actually more carbon intensive than they seem at first glance. I remember reading somewhere that a single retraining of a language model, right? I'm not even talking chat GPT level, massive language model, but a relatively simple thing we've had for 10 years. Think about a Siri or Alexa. A single retraining of a model like that emits the same amount of carbon as four cars over their lifetime, which is absurd if you think about it. However, here's one other way to think about it. How much effort would we expend to get the same amount of knowledge if I, for example, had to drive to the library or instead of Facebook, me connecting with my friend or on WhatsApp, if I actually made a physical phone call or, or worse still, I actually drove down to, to meet him or her, you're talking about magnitudes greater than the carbon emission. But here's another thing uh, that I've been thinking about, right? So. One of the things that the big tech companies also have is an incredible amount of resources combined with exactly like you said, Mike, an appreciation as well as transparency along a lot of these things. And my understanding is that they are using these two things, which is first of all, the transparency of what they're doing along with incredible amounts of resources to attack the sustainability issues in interesting ways, including power generation, uh, recycling energy, being more green, and things like that. Is that is that by and large accurate? Yeah, and and I think that that's where we're going to see a lot of potential for digital technologies, not only to give us transparency, so helping us to understand where the impacts are happening, but to actually proactively make a difference. So if you have a sensor in your home that senses uh, the amount of light or the amount of heat in that room, that's great, but it's even better if it, you know, turns off the light, if it notices nobody's there or increases the heat or reduces the heat, depending on, on the temperature outside so that you can have smart sensors to kind of actively improve the situation. And, and there's other, other ways too, you know, you talk about the digital giants, you know, with the big data centers, they create carbon emissions. They're not great for the environment, but if you're building a digital twin, for example, it's a lot of resources do that, a lot of materials, you got to test it. If you create a digital twin, yeah, it's sitting on a server somewhere, but you're avoiding having to build that physical thing so you can get the same insights and data without having to create the physical thing. 
Absolutely. And again, this is a great example, which you will have, which you just raised, Mike, of, uh, of a innovation, if you can say, that started off in the digital world, but is now being adopted more and more by brick and mortar and legacy kinds of companies. Because I know, and of course, uh, you know as well, of organizations like ABB, Hitachi, or even uh, you know, some of the oil companies, which nobody would ever think of as doyens of sustainability, using a lot of these technologies for their positive effects, right? Things like digital twins, for example, things like uh, more efficient power generation, things like energy storage and other similar technologies, which is a huge thing. For sure. And I think there's lots of other ways that tech can also help. Connecting people like Uber is a good example, right? It kind of the resource optimization of vehicles so that they're being used more or, you know, connect people so they could share things that they don't need every day. So you don't need to buy that thing, but you like, it's quite useful to have access to it, like a hammer drill. <laughs> we don't all need hammer drills, but you know, maybe a couple of times a year it's useful to have a hammer drill. So if we could use digital technology to connect people who own hammer drills that, you know, we, we could share them, there's benefits there. So I think there's all kinds of ways that digital tools and technologies can help reduce negative impacts. And I think also the tech sector has a role to play. We talk about the digital giants, but there's also the hardware manufacturers. If we can extend the life of a phone, you know, from three to five years or a laptop or another piece of technology, that can have a big positive impact. If we can modularize technology, I mean, right now it, it, it drives me nuts that, you know, I, I have an iPhone and if I, you know, the, the new iPhone comes out and has a much better camera, if I want that camera, I've got to buy a new iPhone. So, you know, right to repair rules. I mean, these types of things, extending the lifespan could also do a lot to reduce the negative impacts of tech. Agreed, completely agreed, completely. And I think uh, the general mindset that the tech companies have brought about in all of us, and especially in the big companies, I think that has a big role play in driving this forward, right? I'm thinking about the idea that mundane day-to-day -day things can be measured and managed. And I'm thinking about complex applications like applications in, in mining and oil and gas and farming, which traditionally are some of the biggest emitters of carbon, both carbon dioxide as well as methane when it comes to things like farming, especially animal husbandry. We finally can actually measure, thanks to some of the innovations, technologies, IoT devices put out by these tech companies, the emissions from individual cows and individual animals. We can now manage animals at an individual level so as to minimize the amount of methane in the case of cows or carbon emission in the case of other processes so that we can you know, first understand them and then eventually better manage them. So I think we have still got a long way to go, but uh, I do think tech is helping us get there a lot quicker. But Mike, let, let me ask you this question, right? I mean, in the context of our global target of the two-degree warming, what is your prognosis? What is your thought on this? Do you think we are on track to meet that? Do you think uh, we have enough technology in order to do that? Or you think we're going to have to retake those targets? You know, I'm not an expert in this area, but, but I think we're going to struggle mightily. I think we're going to struggle because, you know, there's just such a head of steam in, in industrial progress. It's not only do you have to roll back. I mean, you, you have to stop the progress. I mean, it's difficult to do that, right? It's really, really difficult to do that. But I think tech 
is going to play a big role in doing that. Like you said, you know, methane's a good example. It's colorless, it's odorless. It's really hard to know, but you can have sensors that can measure it. And then you have technology that can proactively reduce it. I mean, farming, I think, is a really good example where in the past, all the digital technologies have been optimizing yields for farmers, right? So, you know, for a long time, we've had technologies that can, by the, the square meter in a field, allocate how many pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers, you know, to maximize the yield, but it's just an optimization problem. And, and you could optimize for, you know, yield and minimum, you know, environmental damage, like less chemicals in the environment or less water being used. It's just the algorithm you use. So if you change the algorithms to optimize for performance and the environment together, and you do that at scale across all kinds of different applications, then I think we can start seeing big changes. Yeah. And personally, you know, Mike, I'm an eternal optimist. So I don't know. Again, I don't know enough. I'm not an expert in sustainability. I don't know if we're going to hit the two, two degree target. I don't know how we're doing. But I'm, I'm I'm optimistic about human creativity. I think I think we we might do this at the last minute. We do it at the, the 11th hour. But I think uh, there are smart people in the world who are motivated to do this. I think the tech companies have really shown us that if you will harness intelligence in the right way, give them the right conditions, they can literally do anything, right? I mean, think of the progress that we have seen in tech over the years. So I remain optimistic that I don't know if we'll hit the 2% goal, but I think we'll we'll end up saving this this wonderful planet that we all call home, right? Right. And I think that, you know, one of the big challenges to, to doing that, as we talked about a number of times, is not the technology, it's this kind of the human part, right? Because, you know, there's there's great efforts to improve technology and digitize and transform. And there's great efforts for, you know, sustainability and responsibility and, and ethics and all those things in organizations. Unfortunately, you know, many organizations that we work with, these are separate teams and they're not really building on each other. They're not, they're not working together to solve problems. They're different people with different goals and different objectives. And, and so they're kind of like, you know, trains that pass each other in the night much more so than they should be. Because if you could combine the power of technology, right, and as the digital giants are starting to do, but also within organizations that the power of digital with the objective of improving the planet then i think i agree with you i'm very optimistic if we can get that kind of human side on board so they can understand each other and work together then we're going to see a much less negative impact going forward onto the environment the technology can play a big role cool fun as always i learned a lot in this chat mike absolutely yeah it's been uh it's been great to chat once again, you've been listening to Mike and I Talk Deck. Today, talking about digital and sustainability. And next time, we'll be talking about something else. So see you in the next episode.